need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor. Good morning and welcome to Rochester Today on this Friday. Andy Brownell on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It is time for our monthly DMC update with DMC Executive Director Patrick Sieb. Good morning, Patrick. Has it already been a month, Andy? I know. Isn't that crazy? That means that, that what that what that means is summer is flying by. Yeah, yeah. There's very little summer left. How's that? Yes, yes. Well, it's been a spectacular summer, but uh, seasons do change around here. Uh, yeah, they change abruptly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the changing seasons, it's a uh, it's already time for another annual meeting for the DMC. That's coming up really quick, isn't it? Yeah, we uh, we host an annual gathering on. Uh, each year in the in September of this year will be on Thursday, September 15th. And it's really a chance for the community to come together to celebrate progress and to anticipate what's coming next. And we do so with our partners and we have many partners that we work with. So it's sort of uh, many hands make for lighter, wor- lighter work. And that's certainly the case in Rochester. So um, the, the event itself on, is on Thursday, September 15th from 4 to 7 p.m. And we uh, we do something, I think, kind of unique in that we have it in an outdoor situ- outdoor environment and we move it around. So uh, if you were at our event last year, you would have found us on the riverfront. This coming year, we're going to be in an area near the Mayo Civic Center, kind of showcasing opportunity for a future development, former Post Bulletin headquarters site, actually. So if a, if a person has never been to one of these sessions, what can they expect? Well, they can expect to uh, be greeted by um, ourselves and members of other organizations to showcase the work they're doing to help, um, help advance Rochester. So uh, Rochester Downtown Alliance, the Diversity Council, uh, Rochester Area Economic Development, um, City of Rochester, many, many departments within the City of Rochester, um, and, and many other community groups, I'm Collider Foundation, others, all the various organizations that are playing a part in this work to advance Rochester. And uh, in that in that in that experience, I think one gets to see how all of the pieces come together and fit together. And uh, we'll hear from uh, leadership from DMC that sort of describes what we've been up to and what we see coming. And there might be uh, a little special unveiling that happens, uh, but I'll, 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 we'll we'll see that when it happens. Uh, okay, a little that, tease. That, a little tease, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and I, I see it's free and open to the public. Do you 
Do, do we need to register if we want to go? Well, we would like people to register, and there's a place to register on dmc.mn um, so that we have a little sense of, of headcount. We'll have um, food and refreshments available so that um, as people are out there mingling about, they can have some refreshments. Um, and it's not a full sit-down dinner. We've done that in the past, but that's not the case. This year, it's uh, really more of uh, a lighter kind of fare. And we hope people afterwards stick around and, and check out uh, restaurants and, and uh, uh, food establishments after the event. So our goal is to kind of showcase what we're doing and connect people with, uh, with the many organizations working on Rochester's behalf. And then we hope people spill out and, and enjoy the, the surrounding neighborhood. And usually mid-September, we have fantastic weather still at that point. We're counting on fantastic weather. Uh, <laughs> we'll be under the stars. So, yeah, we're counting right. on fantastic weather. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Uh, if you're interested, go to the website and sign up so they know how much food to buy. And bring that's to right. the table, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. Well, last time you and I were talking, we uh, mentioned that 2 Discovery Square was completed. And you were looking uh, to make tenant announcements. And since then, there's been a significant announcement on that uh, front. Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting news that Mayo Clinic announced uh, last week um, in a partnership with an organization called National Resilience, known as Resilience, and it's a uh, biomanufacturing um, uh, company that has developed a partnership with Mayo and will have a presence in downtown Rochester at Two Discovery Square, uh, along with Mayo Clinic. And this is really important as it helps. Um, advance the development of the uh, cell tissues uh, necessary for phase one and phase two clinical research. It's sort of manufacturing of, of those biologics. And it this company uh, was formed only a couple of years ago. It's uh, established from, it's in Boston and it's just trying to establish a presence in various parts of the country so that it has what they would call a distributed footprint. Um, a better way of doing cell manufacturing, and these are um, these are tissues that need to be close to uh, where they're going to be used. So the shelf life, it's not like a, a pharmaceutical that can have a shelf life at Walgreens. This is uh, this is uh, biologics that have a very short shelf life and need to be close to where they're going to be used. And um, I think it's a, both an incredible partnership that that Mayo has created and a really wonderful new addition to our community. Well, I imagine the idea that you're going to have the biomanufacturing taking place here is going to be attractive to the kind of companies that are looking to do the actual clinical studies. It absolutely is. And it, and really what I think what gets conveyed in this is each one of these partnerships, each one of these collaborations create a sense of confidence about what's happening in Rochester, conveys Mayo's commitment to work across the industry to develop relationships with industry, and um, it really fulfills the vision and the commitment that Mayo Clinic made when we launched the Discovery Square initiative several years ago. Yeah, that is, it's amazing how quickly that has reshaped that area of the downtown. Um, I, I guess I never envisioned it going to Discovery 2 as quickly as it did. And now you're actually in discussions of number three discovery. Is that right? 
That's right. Um, so Mortensen, which is the developer of this um, campus of buildings, um, uh, confidently um, took a risk in uh, 2020 when they moved ahead with two Discovery Square in the early days of the pandemic. And uh, as they're getting more traction on the leasing and as we are better understanding the market, they are looking forward to the idea of building a third building on that on that same city block. So it's using a city block that was owned by Mayo Clinic and still is owned by Mayo Clinic, but um, the, the buildings themselves are owned by Mortensen. So it will fill out that city block. Wow. And uh, the, the idea of this biomanufacturing, to me, it's exciting because it's, well, it's cutting edge is what it is here with Mayo's focus on um, individualized medicine. This fits right in with what they're pushing forward with. Well, it's it's that and, and a couple of other things, Andy. I'll just say that there's a movement going on in the, in the United States around onshoring of manufacturing. So when you think about supply chain disruption and what we saw during the pandemic, there's an understanding in chip manufacturing that has been so consolidated in various countries outside of the United States as another example. So there is a concerted effort to onshore uh, manufacturing and becoming become more self-sufficient as a country around producing products that we need. And one of those products is medical, is biologics. So that is one part of this. So resilience was born out of the idea that we need to be have more capacity here in the United States to respond to needs um, circumstances that that we may not know know about today, like the pandemic, we you know COVID, which we uh, didn't you know didn't necessarily anticipate, um, certainly. And uh, so onshoring of manufacturing is a movement going on, and certainly in the in the healthcare space. And so for Rochester to demonstrate that it's part of that movement by having um, this this company. Uh, establish a presence here, I think will bode well for other types of opportunities for uh, manufacturing um, here in the region. And I'll also say that not only is this an incredible part of the, of the system of services that Mayo is developing and, and uh, tools that they're developing, but it, it's a, another uh, a set of job opportunities. So if you have uh, uh, young family that is thinking about where to live, um, they, there's really an opportunity, you know, there's continued opportunity in Rochester to find great employment. And, and all of that employment can be in Mayo or can be outside of Mayo, can be in related companies. So it's really adding to our diversity of our economy, even though it's still in the health space, it is, you know, yet another company that's establishing a footprint here. And maybe the final thing I'll say to um, you and your listeners is, as we are building out Discovery Square, that was is on what was a surface parking lot. And the power and impact of developing in underutilized spaces like surface parking lots in the downtown means that we are adding to the tax capacity. So those buildings are paying taxes in a place that generally was not producing much in, in terms of taxes. So hundreds of thousands of dollars of new taxes from those, uh, from those buildings on a site that wasn't collecting taxes. And there's no additional demand for police or fire or snow plowing or any of the other services that normally go in. So it's, it's all net gain to our tax capacity 
of the city. So, so a lot is happening when we talk about this announcement. It really is. It's a. It's bigger than just um, and as big as that announcement, and it's really bigger. It's actually bigger than that. Do we have an idea yet how, what kind of footprint this operation will have into Discovery Square? I think the uh, I think it'll occupy at least an entire floor of that building. Wow. Okay. That is yeah between the Mayo Clinic. Presence. Yeah, between the Mayo Clinic portion and Resilience um, as as well. And and um, you know what we know from experience is that when a company establishes a footprint here and they understand the quality of life and they understand the workforce and they understand the potential relationships. Um, generally, those uh, footprints tend to grow over time. So we see it as a really good start. And uh, another thing I wanted to bring up in our discussion today was a project that was first proposed when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I still so remember that. Time, so that's a long time ago. A very long time ago, Patrick. <laughs> the 6th Street Southeast Bridge Project. Uh, and this time, I mean, it's been brought up a number of times going back into the early 70s. Um, but this time, it seems like it, it's actually going to move forward, and most of the funding has been secured. Is that right? Yeah, this is a, an important, and, and you're right. This has been part of the civic conversation for decades, and it's this idea of how do we connect the east side of our city to the to the west side of our city, and uh, and the Sixth Street connection has been on the table and been talked about for a long time. A couple of things have aligned today that make that uh, make that more of a reality one the the property ownership so that site had been used for for industry and for uh, a lumber yard for many years so it really wasn't favorable for putting in a bridge and and a street grid that would go through but now the land um, uses have changed including um, the uh, ampi milk processing has um decamped from there and, and it's not being it's not being used for industry now and it's being repositioned for uh development for mixed you know infill development to occur so so that makes so when that plan advanced through city council and the idea of, of the bridge emerged as an important part of the infrastructure city council said yes let's continue to explore that along the side of that we had leadership from senator smith and klobuchar in advancing that this through the uh, federal uh, congressionally directed spending process. So with support from Senators Klobuchar and Smith, uh, Rochester was able to receive $19.9 million of federal aid for this bridge. And I'll say two more things about it. One is this affords Rochester to decide on the bridge it wants. I mean, it's, it's the kind of resources that we need along with DMC support uh, likely will be a part of it, allows the city and the community to come together in designing the bridge that's right for our community. We have the resources to do it. And I think what for sure we're going to see out of it is that it's more than just a bridge. Um, these resources can help to open up the river, access to the river. So it's, uh, you know, think about it not as a thing to get a bridge to get over the river, but infrastructure that allows us to engage with and connect with the river. So these funds will help us in designing a bridge that meets the needs of our community and gives people access to the river itself. Do we have a timeline for this project? Um, yeah, so 
uh, I think the federal funds allow us and, and provide resources for the uh, design work that's necessary. So I expect that there will be uh, concerted kickoff. So there's been some conceptual designs that have been advanced at city council, but to take it from conceptual design to um, final design will kick off this fall, I suspect, and into next year before going into construction documents. So, you know, whether it's 2024 or not before bridge construction begins, I'm not sure, but that's sort of the, the time horizon. Okay. Will this have any impact on, I guess, the timeline for the larger development that, uh, the Kmart property, the Ampi property, and the plans that we've, you know, their conceptual plans that we've heard about for a year or so. Yeah. So, so absolutely. And uh, so just a couple of other things I'll say, and it absolutely will help give confidence to that property owner and that developer. Um, there's other infrastructure that will be needed. Uh, adjacent to this is the terminus for the, uh, the link rapid transit. So this connects to the link rapid transit. And also it ties to the work going on in Rochester around Soldiers Field, the planning for Soldiers Field, because once the Sixth Street Bridge is is in place and there begins to be um, improvements in that former industrial site, all of a sudden Soldiers Field will feel connected to the east, you know, east of the Zumbro River as well. And we start to see how all of these parts come together. And right now they're they're sort of isolated. They can seem like isolated, separate conversations, but really, the terminus for the link, the East End terminus for Link Rapid Transit, the Ampi site development, the Sixth Street Bridge, Soldiers Field. These are all parts that ultimately weave together to to help create a, a more equitable and vibrant city. Well, when you brought up the link BRT, that reminded me of another thing I was going to ask you about, that the city council just approved a new agreement with Mayo Clinic that maybe you can explain how this will work. That Essentially, it'll be free to ride the link. Well, this is a major milestone, and, and you're right. Thanks for bringing it up. And hats off to the teams from both the city staff and, and Mayo staff that they've worked together for several months to find the right language that could commit Mayo Clinic uh, for 20 years to support the operations of the link rapid transit. So, and there's uh, performance metrics and, and remedies if, if people are falling short or if things need to change. And there's all kinds of uh, elements written into the contract that make both parties comfortable. But the essence of it is this, link rapid transit will largely get built with federal money and DMC money. So no local uh, little or no local tax money going into the link. And then it will be operated by largely by support from uh, transit aid, state and federal transit aid and Mayo Clinic operating support. And so again, no tax levy going into the operations of link. And it'll be open for anybody to use free of charge, free of charge. So you could live in the Slatterly Park neighborhood and you want to go down to Thesis uh, down near Cascade and uh, enjoy some of their craft beer and not want to get behind a wheel. And you can board it for free uh, down at the East End and uh, ride it down in seven or eight, ten minutes. You can be at the front door of Thesis and or walking at Cascade Lake 
or you could be at uh, live in the Cascade Lake neighborhood and want to go to a concert at um, the Riverside Park at Mayo, Mayo Park, uh, board, ride for free, you know, enjoy the evening, enjoy dinner out perhaps and drinks and safely uh, take public transit home. So it, it serves a lot of purposes and it's, its ridership base is built on Mayo Clinic employees. Um, so it's going to reduce a lot of traffic in the neighborhoods. In the meantime, it's going to reduce a lot of the traffic that presently goes into the neighborhoods. But it also will serve community members who want to use it as a part of their uh, daily life. That'll be transformative. It's it's hard to imagine that's four years away that this thing will be operational. But it, it'll if we've seen so much change, this will really uh, mark a mark another step in this process. I'm sure. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot of conversation in Rochester that is really important to consider, which is how do we hold on to the the history of our community as we continue to evolve and change? And we see that through things like the Chateau Theater and protecting and preserving the Chateau Theater or even Peace Fountain. You know, the idea of Peace Fountain is a emblematic part of our downtown. People have known about it. It's been part of our town down for years. And so let's as we think, as we redo Peace Plaza, how do we protect and enhance and embellish Peace Fountain, for example, or the riverfront site where there, you know, there is now conversations about how do we reuse the Red Owl or the Times Theater, the buildings most recently used as a as a bar, Legends Bar, but how can we reuse those structures so we preserve some of the history and fabric of the city while we continue to grow. And that's really always a challenge in a growing, a fast growing city. And I think there's more work to be done to get it right. Olmstead Bank building, the, the Olmstead Bank building downtown right next door to our, our offices at DMC, again, uh, protecting and preserving that. The uh, building that is the post office building in downtown, former Montgomery Wards, there's a developer who purchase that and wants to redevelop it and wants to preserve the main floors of that building um, while building on top of it. These are the kinds of things that are important to do as we are, um, as we continue to grow and change, how do we protect the, uh, preserve uh, some of the important characteristics that people are so familiar with. Well, it guarantees that you and I will have a lot to talk about moving down the road. (laughs) Well, I enjoy these opportunities and, and I appreciate the chance to um, talk with you and, and for um, your listeners to hear these updates. All right. So one more time, the date of the annual meeting before we have to go. It's the 15th, correct? Thursday, September 15th, 4 to 7 p.m. And if you go on our website, dmc.mn, uh, there's a place to register so we know we're coming and we can be sure to welcome you. All right, Patrick, thanks so much for your time, and uh, we'll chat again in a few more weeks. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Patrick Sieb, DMC Executive Director this morning on Rochester Today at News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Choose the proven performance of the Roundup Ready Extend Crop System, featuring high-yielding Extend Flex.